Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Amazing. If you hadn't noticed, there is a general election going on. I know. A pre-Christmas general election. The first time in a hundred years. And we get to choose who would be the greatest prime minister. Would it be Joe Swinston from the Liberal Democrats? No cheering allowed. Would it, would it be Nigel Farage of the Brexit Party? Looking slightly desperate there. Uh, would it be Mr Boris Johnson who's up for a fight with his fists out there? Uh, our present prime minister. Or will it be Jeremy Corbyn from the Labour Party? We'll all find out on the 12th of December. But don't, don't worry. It's not a political comment I'm going to make. But the question is, who do we think is the greatest? And often it's a conversation. Maybe you're sitting there going, well, to be honest with you, the greatest uh, prime minister ever was probably Winston Churchill. I think he was the greatest one. I've, I've watched the film. It must be true because it was on screen. And so that maybe Winston Churchill is the greatest for you. Or for some of you here, you're thinking, when I consider who is the greatest, I'm straight away, I'm the greatest in the world. That must be Muhammad Ali would be the greatest boxer that's ever lived. Some of you are thinking, yes, about time two, we're talking about a real sport. Muhammad Ali is the greatest in the world. Or probably if you're over the age of 25, you won't even known this, but last weekend was the biggest boxing match ever. It was the most watched, most televised, most expensive boxing match, and it took place between two people who are most famous for sharing videos on YouTube. Yes, next screen, KSI and Paul Logan. I had to research that. I'm over 25. I've got no idea who they are. But it's a big deal if you're one of my children and you watch YouTube people. And these two guys signed up to become professional boxers so they could punch each other and one of them won. And so if you're interested, uh, KSI, who is a British guy, that's the most important thing. Paul Logan, who is the American guy. But is he the best? Well, in the Bible times, the question would have been none of those. The question would have been the greatest person is Moses. You see, if you're a Jew... Moses would be the greatest. Moses would be the best. Moses would be the one you go, ah, oh, he took us from slavery to freedom. If we've got a hero, it's always going to be Moses. Moses wins every time when you look at the Bible. Until you get to Hebrews chapter 3. And in Hebrews chapter 3, the writer who we think might have been Paul writes these words to the Christians of the day. And he says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses. That was a massive statement to a Jew of the day. To say that Jesus was greater than Moses, the father of the faith, the hero of their history, suddenly they're going, no, fix your thoughts on Jesus. You may think other people are the greatest, but I want to say to you this morning, pursue Jesus. My message to you is two words, and we're going to hear it a few times this morning. Pursue Jesus. To fix your eyes on him. To give your thoughts to Jesus. To take everything else captive and say it's all about Jesus. He is the greatest. He is the best. He is the one that ultimately every knee will bow down to. Jesus is the one we should be pursuing. Freedom Church is all about 
leading people in the pursuit of Jesus so that the communities and individuals will be transformed. That's the story that we want to make available to everyone today. We want Jesus to be the one that's pursued. So when the writer of the Hebrews is, is writing to these Jewish Christians, these new followers of Jesus, saying that Jesus is greater, this is an outrageous statement of the time. He carries on and says, Jesus is the centerpiece of everything that we believe. Moses was a faithful servant, he said in verse 3, but then he says, verse 5, Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Moses may have been great in the same way the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Jesus is the greatest. We need to pursue Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus. And I want to just challenge us this morning in our thinking. And we all come from different walks of life and stories and backgrounds. We've been talking about all kinds of things already this morning. And I want to say a few things this morning about the importance of pursuing Jesus. For some of you, education is really important. Maybe you're employed in education. Maybe you earn your money by teaching others what they should be doing with their lives. But I want to say to you this morning, this is not about education. It's not about learning. I mean, it's great if you've got degrees and you've got A-levels and you've got, you know, masters and PhDs. That's fantastic. I'm glad you are bettering yourself with natural understanding. But the Bible says in Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make, your, make straight your paths. This is not about education, it's about pursuing Jesus. If you are absolutely focused on your education, then I want to challenge you to put Jesus first. I want to encourage you to pursue Jesus. Give him your full attention. Education is good, but Jesus is greater. Maybe for you, what's important in your stage of life right now is your career. Like I've, I've got a career, Sim, it's, it's really important to me. I've already mapped out the next few years. I've worked out where I'll be. I've worked out what salary bracket I'm going to be on. I've worked out where I can achieve in my department or what moves I need to make. I have a career path and I've got a plan. And I've spent years putting this into place. So I've done my degrees. I've done my qualifications. And I'm now on a journey in my career. And I want to achieve something, hit something, do something. That's not wrong. It's a good thing to have a plan. It's a good thing to have a vision for your life. But the most important thing as a follower of Jesus is to pursue him. Following Jesus is not a passive activity that we just do when we fancy it. It's something we deliberately engage with on a regular basis. I'm choosing to pursue Jesus. And I don't know where you are in your career, but maybe right now you're getting so focused on work that everything to do with Jesus takes second place. You've given all your attention. And people tell me all the time, I'm so busy at work, I can't make it to church on Sunday because I need to recover from my work. I'm so exhausted with the job I have to do. I'm working all hours on the Sunday. I've got no time for Jesus. And I'm reminded of the words of John Wesley. I'm, I'm so busy, I have to get up earlier so I can pray some more and spend more time with Jesus. Maybe your energy and your attention is being given to your career. That's not wrong, but let's get it in the right balance. We pursue Jesus. That's what we're called to do. Whatever you do, it says here in Colossians 3, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And a bit later in the same chapter, work willingly. And whatever you do, as though you're working for the Lord 
rather than for people. We're going to do some stuff on this next year, but I seriously believe that your work is a huge statement of your love and your worship for God. Your, your, your activity on an everyday basis, you're subduing the land, which is what Adam was asked to do in Genesis. Your daily activities, whatever they do, whether you get paid for them or not, they are something of your worship and your declaration, your love for Jesus. The way you work should reflect him. Pursue Jesus. Connect with Jesus. Make Jesus your focus. And on a day like today, we've been having our Giving Sunday. Giving Sunday, we've been asking people to give financially. I want to say to you, it's not about money. It's not about possessions. You know, our lives are not are not uh, deemed successful by what we have in the bank, by how much you earn or what home you live in, or what car you drive, or what holiday you have. It's not about possessions, it's about Jesus. And in Luke chapter 12, Jesus told this really quite tragic story. He said this, he said, but, but, he said beware, guard yourself against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by what you own. And he tells this story of a man, a rich man, had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns. Then I have room to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this night. Then who will get everything you worked for? A person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. They're hard-hitting comments, aren't they? We're not about storing up our treasures on earth. This week was my dad's birthday, and they came around to ours for lunch. It's brilliant. My dad came around for for his birthday, and he spent a couple of hours sorting my garden out, first of all. I thought it was was wonderful. So I gave him some lunch, so give him energy to keep going with the garden, really. And uh, it was great to see him. But while we were having our lunch, we started talking about uh, one of his uh, relatives, that I vaguely remembered, but he told me about um, his uncle, my great uncle, and he lived a very modest life. And along with his wife, who they met in later life, they lived very modestly. And he said they even bought carpet squares. You know, you could buy those carpet squares. And they would have the carpet squares on top of the carpet. So when you came into the house, you'd have to walk along the carpet squares so you wouldn't damage the carpet. Because then you'd have to replace the carpet at some point. And they always lived in the kitchen. Ate in the kitchen, lived in the kitchen. Their lounge and their dining room were reserved for special occasions for special people. I.e. never really used. When he died about, I don't know, about a dozen years ago, he left almost a million pounds in the bank. He didn't use it. He didn't give it. He just stored it up to give it to the government at a 40% rate. Uh, that's what he was, obviously, his intention was to be generous to the government. He stored up his wealth and he never used it. And he lived a small life because he didn't understand our wealth is never what's in the bank. Our wealth is what we do with what God has given to us. It's not about money. It's not about possessions. It's about Jesus. We are called to um, not build bigger barns, but pursue Jesus. We're not talking about building bigger buildings for the church. We're about pursuing Jesus. 
that the building is an opportunity to build a bigger table, to make more space for more people, to come and gather around and to meet him for themselves. Matthew 6, don't stop treasures on earth where moths eat them and rustish fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats bursting with wine. If you pursue this life, all you get is this life. If you pursue God, you get everything. Think about that for a moment. If you pursue the things of this world, that's it. That's what you get. Great. But if we pursue God, we get the blessings for eternal life. It's not about our stuff. It's about Jesus. It's also not about family. I know people here love their family. It's great to see so many children and so many babies being born. Every time I sort of turn up at church, there's a new one appear. Like, whoa, whose is that one? And it's like, wow, so many children, so many families. It's wonderful to see three generations together in our times of worship. But can I say, our Christian life is not about family. It's about Jesus. And I know this sounds like a record that's going on and on. Seriously, we got the message, pursue Jesus. But some people, for them, family is everything. Family is your priority. Family is the thing you live for. Family is the most important piece of your life. And yet, sometimes we don't pursue Jesus as much as we pursue the concept of family. And when Jesus one day was speaking into a crowd of people, his disciples had said, your mum and your brothers are outside. What did he say? And these were harsh words. It always makes me sort of, you know, you hear this in the Bible, you think, really, did he say that? He said these words. He said, who's my mother? Who is my brother? He pointed to his disciples and said, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Pursue Jesus. If you're only part of the ultimate family, God's family, chase him. Follow him. Give your attention to him. You'll still have your family, but you'll be leading them into things of Christ. Every day you live, point your family to Jesus. Point to Jesus. That's where I'm going. I'd love you to join me. If we focus our attention on our family and not on Jesus, we just get inward looking. God has got something bigger and greater for your family. He says to us this morning to pursue him. And just a couple more things to point out here. Not just do we should be pursuing fam- uh, Jesus, not our family, but don't pursue others. Not others. Don't compare yourself to others. I think one of the, the biggest crises of the modern world is social media and the way it enables us to compare our lives as we know them in reality with other people's polished lives. It's a sad story. I read this story this week about a lady who was on holiday and she saw a mum come along on holiday and sit by the pool with her daughter, positioned her daughter with toys, with all the uh, you know, kind of uh, holiday elements, took a couple of photos, said, right, off we go then. And didn't even let her daughter go in the pool. She just wanted the photo to show everyone on social media what an amazing holiday we're having. And they go, we've done that picture. Now we'll go on and take a picture somewhere else. And I'm thinking, what a sad situation where we're starting to... Uh, parade ourselves online about how successful we are, how good we are. And other people back in dreary England are going, oh, I wish I could be having that life. I wish I could be like that person. We compare ourselves to others. Don't compare. Comparison is a thief of all joy. And in a story that um, Gwen alluded to earlier, in the story of Peter in John 21, for those who don't know, the story of Peter is Peter was a disciple of Jesus. 
And he was, he was a passionate, enthusiastic disciple. And, and Jesus said to him, Peter, you know, when, when they arrest me, you're going to say to people, you don't know me three times. And Peter, oh, no, I'd never do that, Jesus. I'm like your super fan. And then it happened. And Jesus was arrested. Peter follows on and people say, Peter, I recognize you. Are you not with Jesus? And three times he said, no, I don't know who you're talking about. I've never heard of the guy. I mean, this time next week, uh, about a dozen of us from the church will be out in Jerusalem and we'll be exploring that place where apparently Peter said those words and he saw Jesus and three times denied him and then the cockerel crowed. And in John 21, Jesus goes through this process of reinstating Peter. And he says to him three times, in, in line with the three times he let Jesus down, three times he said, Jesus, uh, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, yeah, I'd love you. He said, well, feed my lambs. And then Jesus asked him a second time, do you love me, Peter? He said, yeah, I, I love you. Fe- feed my sheep. And then it's the third time. I mean, this must get really annoying. Three times Jesus then says to him, Peter, do you really love me? He said, yeah, I love you. And again, he says, feed my sheep. Follow me. It's a beautiful moment. Jesus and him, they've separated themselves in the crowd. They're walking along the beach. They're having this honest conversation where Jesus goes, you know what? You let me down. And I'm reinstating you. I'm forgiving you. I'm letting you off. And just they get to the end of the conversation. And Peter has said three times, yes, I love you. Yes, I'll follow. Yes, I'll, I'll lead your sheep. Just he gets to the end of that. What does he say? In verse 20, he looks, he turns his head. And Peter noticed the disciple that Jesus loved following right behind. For those of you who don't know this bit of the Bible, the book of John was written by the disciple that Jesus loved. And I love the fact that John always refers to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. In Matthew, Mark and Luke, they don't mention him in those terms. But John takes his time to point out that I was Jesus' favourite. So Peter noticed the disciple that Jesus loved following right behind. When Peter noticed him, he asked Jesus, Master, what's going to happen to him? Jesus said, what does it matter to you? If I want him to live until I come again, what's that to you? As for you, follow me. Peter, the rock on which Jesus was going to build his church, got sidetracked by other people. He looked over the shoulder. He said, what what about him? Who are you looking at and comparing yourself to? Don't do it. Compare yourself to Jesus. Pursue him. Become more like him. Imitate him, but more than imitate, I would say, become like Jesus. Pursue a relationship with Jesus. And then lastly, I think it's really important to say on Stay Like Today, where we've focused on a building and we focused on giving our finances. You know, it's not about religion. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with a person called Jesus. It's not about a set of rules and regulations. He is not impressed. You know, I'm impressed by people who come to church every Sunday early. You know what? I love it when we're all here at the beginning. I do. Jesus is less bothered than that. Jesus sees your heart and your attitude and he's more interested in a relationship with you than how you behave in the set of rules that any church organization set up. You might think, oh, Freedom Church, we're kind of relaxed. We haven't got any rules. We have our own rules. They just look a bit more different to maybe what you used to growing up in a maybe more denominational church. We all have our liturgy and our systems and our habits and our rules. But Jesus is not interested in our behaviour. He's interested in our love for him. Yes, he wants us to behave well, but it starts the relationship with him. It's not about religion. It is about Jesus. Pursue Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and life. No one 
comes the Father except through me. Jesus is the one we need to be pursuing, looking to. It's not about the church. It's not about Freedom Church. And I should know this, I've just finished, as some of you will know, I've finished writing a book that's all about the church. I spent the last two years researching and writing 60,000 words on the church. But it's not about the church. The church is the bride for when Jesus returns. We pursue Jesus. And um, let me, I want to read to you, it's a bit cheeky, but I'm going to read to you the last page of my book. Is that all right? It comes out in, in February. You can buy it then, but maybe once I've read you this page, you don't want to read it because you've maybe got the final chapter. You know what we're going to do. But I want to read to you the final page of the book that I've written. Called It's called Simply Church because it wasn't meant to be that complicated. And at the very last, last, last page, we talk about this. And it's entitled, as today's talk is, Pursue Jesus. And then I'll nick a quote from Pete Gregg because he's very good with his words. See what I've done there. Very clever. He says this. It's a quote from Pete Gregg wrote on his Facebook uh, page earlier this year. He says this. I'm not into church. Have you seen the state of it? But I'm into Jesus. So I like his people. They're a little weird, but hey, so am I. The vision is Jesus. It's not Christianity, not rules of religious observance. It's not prayer, mission and justice. It's not church planting, miracles or mission. If you love Jesus, I guess you'll do all that stuff. You'll pray and worship and go to church and preach the gospel. But in doing all those things, in pursuing all those things, too often we lose Jesus. In all of the clutter of Christianity, we bury Christ. Powerful words. And then these are my words. I'll take on from there. I say this. It is never about buildings or systems or programs. It's not about apps or branding or design. It's all about Jesus. Loving him, following him, learning to walk the way he walked. And when we say it's all about Jesus, what I really mean is it's all about what Jesus did for us. Gave us full access to God through the cross. He points us to his father, God, his gift of life, his creation, his son, his sacrifice, his way, his truth, his life. And ultimately, it's his church. If you forget everything else, remember this. To keep it simple, follow the example of Jesus who lived a simple life, spoke simply, told simple stories, sat and ate with people, every kind of person, encourages followers to travel light. And when challenged about what was the greatest commandment, he simply said to love God. And love others. To pursue Jesus is why the church does what it does. It's only through him that we can see broken hearts restored, lives transformed, relationships healed, and families made whole. A church that is healthy will always lead people in the pursuit of Jesus. That's what we're about. And if you thought you were coming to church for another reason, I'm really sorry to disappoint you. We're here because you want to pursue him. Jesus is why we do what we do. Get the worship band to come and join me. As we bring things to a close, I don't know what you're thinking is. I've laid out to you a few different things about what it's not. I wonder if some of those things make you uncomfortable. I wonder if one of those things in the list there makes you think, oh, yeah, maybe that's something that takes too much of my time and attention. I want to realign you this morning towards Jesus. Arguably, the great revelation of the second half of the Bible called the New Testament is pointing out that Jesus is Lord. Where the Roman Empire was expanding and they were saying Caesar is Lord, Jesus came along and went, no, there's a new man in town. It's changed. It's different. Jesus 
is Lord. He is the one we should fix our thoughts on. And in Matthew 6, it says, seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. We focus our attention on Jesus and everything else comes as a bonus package. But if we aim for the bonus package, all we get is that. And the final story I want to leave you with this morning, as the band very, very quietly and delicately trying to beautifully done there, Luke, is the story from Matthew chapter 13. The story, interesting enough, is about a field. A field, a man is farming a field and he comes across a hidden treasure. And he goes, wow, I found treasure. And then what he does, he buries the treasure and he sells everything he has got so he can afford to buy the land because he knows the land has got treasure beyond his wildest dreams. And the story is being told, this story is being told to say, actually, the most important thing is Jesus. Would you be prepared to sell everything you had so you could pursue him? If you were a, a merchant looking for the greatest pearl, you'd sell all your other pearls if you found the pearl of greatest price. If you really understood what Jesus meant to you, would you give everything up to pursue him? Pursue Jesus. He is worth everything. He is worth more than anything this world has to offer. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.